the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We are back, and as I promised, uh, we're thrilled to have Dr. Randy Frost, who, as I said, knows more about the disorder of hoarding than anyone on the earth. <laughs> and he's written three books on the subject, uh, Buried in Treasures. And he's going to tell us some of what goes on with hoarding, how it happens, and if you're a hoarder. Well, thank you for being on the show. Uh, I happen to have a lot, you know, I want to say, you know, in the real estate business, we come across a lot of hoarders or what we think are hoarders in different degrees. Um, so tell us, why do people, first of all, why do people have that need? Is there a an underlying well uh, it's a it's a tough question to answer Dottie. first of all thank you for having me on the show um i've been studying hoarding for quite a while now and it's clear it's a very complex disorder and there appear to be three major components to it and that's why it's so hard to come up oh. with a simple answer to that question okay so what are they well the first is a uh, um <clears throat> a set of problems with the way in which the brain processes information. Um, we, to give you an example, most of us live our lives categorically. So if we get a utility bill and we need to hang on to the bill, we put it in a category, usually in a folder, file cabinet with other utility bills or uh, something, that, uh, an overarching category. But, and then we, if we want to find it later, we go to that category to find the individual unit. But people with hoarding disorder usually organize their world differently. They organize it visually and spatially. So if they get a utility bill, they'll put it on the pile in the middle of the room where they can see it. And then when they need to find it, they, they go back to their memory of where they saw it last. So they, their way of organizing the physical world is visual and spatial instead of categorical. So that's one example of just one of the information processing problems. There are several. No, I the, second, that. The, the second difficulty is um, a difficulty with um, the nature of the attachments to the possession. So here we see, and, and, and the interesting thing here is that the, these attachments that people form to the things that they own really are no different than the attachments all of us have. 
They, we we, we uh, get attached to things because they have sentimental value. That is, they remind us of some important person or place and so forth. They have instrumental value because they, we keep things we think we might need to use. And there are things that have intrinsic value, things that we just like. So the difference is that that for people with hoarding disorder, there are many more things and a wider variety of things that are given those values. A good example with the intrinsic value, I work with a, uh, someone who, who in one of my books, I, I, I use the name Irene to describe her. And she, I, I, I showed up at her house one day and her eyes lit up and she said, I've got to show you something. She went in the next room and she came back with this large, clear plastic bag filled with bottle caps and she said look at these bottle caps aren't they beautiful the shape and the color and the texture so this this attention to the to the aesthetic quality was really primary for her now the the difference between she and i is that when i have a bottle cap without a bottle attached the only information I'm processing is how to get rid of the bottle cap because I don't see any value in it. But for her to get rid of that bottle cap, she has a lot more information to process about its shape, its color, what she could possibly do to retain the value of this possession to make something pretty and so forth. So you see, it's a, it's a very complicated disorder. It's a, it's a very, I see that now. How do you determine... Um, the difference between just having a cluttered house or being a hoarder? Well, there, the, the definition for hoarding disorder includes a, a couple of things. First of all, there has to be a, a, some level of difficulty in parting with possessions. So there's some disorders that are, that where people end up filling their house with stuff, and it's very cluttered, but they don't have hoarding because... In effect, they're not attached to the things. Sometimes people who are extremely depressed don't have the motivation to clean up and their houses fill up. Sometimes people with OCD have problems managing their possessions because they might be contaminated or need to be checked and so forth, and so things fill up. But that they don't really, they don't really ascribe value to the possessions in their home. Uh, some people with schizophrenia can't uh, fill up their home because they can't, they don't have the organizational skill to process everything. So it, it, this difficulty discarding has to be because there's an attachment to the possession somehow. So that's, that's what makes somebody a hoarder, that they're attached. They just don't have, to, you know, just fill their house with clutter. They're attached to everything that's in it. Is that... Exactly, exactly. So the clutter is part of it, and it's a, it's a disorganization feature. And here what we see with this disorganization is a great deal of overlap with a couple of other disorders, one of them being attention deficit disorder. So the, the, and that's, again, associated with a, another processing, information processing problem they have. So we see a, a lot of comorbidity with attention deficit disorder and hoarding. What does that mean? Well, it means many people with hoarding disorder also have ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Oh, so because we, we, you know, I guess a lot of us, I'm not saying everyone, I've seen the shows that are on TV, you know, that they have those hoarder shows, and it's like I, and of course in in the business I've come across, um, you know, some things that I'm not sure if they're hoarders or not, they have a lot of stuff, and others are just really horrible. So you're saying... The, the attachment is what really makes somebody, if somebody wanted to 
know if they would just have clutter it's just they're attached to it and they can't get rid of it exactly it's difficulty discarding is the primary behavior associated here now the clutter really is a consequence of that but also tied in there are these information processing deficits that kind of lead to this problem Dr. Frost, how can they have this about dead animals, for instance? We see on TV people have dead animals. How do they overlook that? Well, the people who collect and save animals and often uh, end up keeping animals that die in their care, this is a little bit different than the traditional or the, in the, in, yeah. a, a little bit different than hoarding disorder the way it's defined in DSM. There is clearly overlap, but here with animal hoarding, what we see is a more serious disorder, one that is associated with some more delusional thinking. Yeah. And that I, delusion... I, 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 yeah. I, was, I was thinking that what, I, what I've seen is that they might have a dead animal, not because they're hoarding it, just because it died in uh, their care I see what and they never say. got I rid see. of it. Yeah, I don't I think it's that saying. they're hoarding animals. That's right. I think yeah. what he okay. meant to say is there's so much stuff in the house that an animal or a, a mouse or a, a rat dies, and it's, or, and it's there. I, I'll never forget I was in a house, and we went into the – they had an eve in the attic, and they had a bags of stuff, and we took it out, and – and I'll never, because I screamed so hard. It was uh, the skin of a cat. I mean, it had disintegrated. So oh. I don't think somebody was, this person wasn't, their house wasn't particularly a mess. It just probably died in it. So, um, so, so what do you, so, so if, 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 if you, if you, how do you work with a hoarder? And how does someone, if they, if they think they are, how would they determine it? You have books out. Now, what are the names of your books and what would they you know, what, how can they get them, and, and what would they be able to, if they want to determine, are they, or do, do I, or my clutter, or I just collect clutter? Well, yeah, one of the books that probably is a good one to start with, because it really describes the disorder, describes people with the disorder, much more case-based approach. It's called Stuff, Compulsive Hoarding and the Meaning of Things. And there we talk about a wide variety of cases of people who have hoarding disorder and go into great detail about their lives, a little bit of information about their background, what might have led to this, and so forth. Uh, so that's a good one to start with. When people are ready to take the next step, one of the books we have out is called Buried in Treasures. And this book is a self-help book for working on hoarding problems. And interestingly, it's been used to develop um, a series of workshops. Uh, it's called the Burying Treasures Workshops Program, and there it's a it's a uh, uh, sixteen session workshop. Uh, and we've done some research on it, suggests it's almost as effective as therapy for hoarding disorder. Uh, these workshops are now going on all around the world. There are um, a couple in New York City now. Uh, there are uh, a bunch throughout the United States, a, a, a number of them as far away as Australia. So if you're a spouse or maybe a child of a hoarder, um, and, and uh, would you be able to – what would you suggest? That they, how do they help these people, or do they get professional help like yourself or – I mean – yeah, I think the first place to check is the International OCD Foundation website, ocfoundation.org. 
There's a special hoarding section on the website, and right. it will give resources for therapists that are close to you throughout the United States. Many cities have hoarding task forces um, where various agency um, officials, housing, health, fire, um, mental health, and so forth, come together to work on this problem. Because hoarding, hoarding is more than a more than a mental health problem. It's a problem that affects a wide variety of areas. As you know, it, it certainly has implications for real estate, um, for tenancy, um, for health, uh, fire. There's a lot of information out now about the, the risks of fire associated with hoarding that, are, that can be pretty yeah, severe. So safe, it's unsanitary. Now, so can, does it, does it progress, does it progress? I mean, in other words, I, can you, do, if you catch it early or does it continue to get worse or is it, they're just different degrees? There it certainly are different degrees, but one of the things we see is that it's a pretty chronic condition. It starts, interestingly enough, very early in life with collecting behavior. Usually by the early 20s, these behaviors have developed. Now, they don't get serious for a number of decades, but it tends to get progressively worse with age. So the worst hoarding cases we end up seeing typically are people who are 50 years and older. Okay. So if you, if, you, if you started to see somebody in their 20s that you thought maybe you have a brother or a sister or, or a spouse, that if you catch that earlier, is there a help for hoarders? Yeah, there's not a lot of research on that, but we, I suspect if we catch it early and get the person um, working on it, then we can make a big difference in what their life is like later on. Yeah. But they're so resistant when we see them on TV. The hoarders are so angry and resistant. So I think I think one of the issues that gets confused in hoarding, and, and this is also true for many uh, therapists who don't who aren't used to seeing hoarding cases. When they when they see one, they think this person is highly resistant. But you have to put it in the context of their life, because for most part, people who have serious hoarding problems have gone through decades of conflict with family members. And those family members have become increasingly frustrated with them, often going in and clearing out their homes without the person's permission. And that sets up this antagonistic relationship between the individual and anyone who, who comes to the door who says they want to help. And the experience is a little bit like someone, come, someone coming to your door and telling you that they don't like the way you live and they're going to force you to change. So I think, I think we have to think about the, the context in which these interactions occur that make it appear as though someone's resistant to getting help. From my research, it appears that most people with hoarding disorders are interested in finding help if they can find appropriate help. Right. Is it more prevalent now, or is it just because we're seeing it on TV? Well, that's a great question. I, I don't really know. There's, you know, we don't have prevalence estimates going back very far. I suspect that any, any culture where there's a large number of easily accessible and relatively inexpensive things is going to have a lot more hoarding. And as our culture progresses in that direction, we probably will see more of it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So what, because when I see sometimes I'll see children living with hoarders, um, basically, if you feel that someone is a hoarder and it's, it's, uh, 
it could be a health hazard or it's hazardous for people who are living in the house, you just would call. Is there a do you? And you can't. You don't. You're not equipped to deal with them because again, you know, I, I'm sure some of the. I mean, from some of the cases I've seen, I don't even know how people live in that. But if you can't deal with it, then I guess you would try to call and get professional help. I mean, can they? Because couldn't the Board of Health really condemn your place? Yeah, there are agencies that are responsible for making sure that living situations are maintained in a healthy fashion. So the health department is one. Uh, the de uh, departments of aging, for instance, adult protective services, child protective services, these agencies are charged with making sure that living arrangements are safe and healthy. So there are places to go. Now, uh, it, it used to be the case when these cases were identified, a uh, health department might go in and clear out someone's home. What we know now is that that's not an effective way of dealing with the problem in the long run. It may change the condition of the property immediately for a short time, but before long the condition is back um, as bad, if not worse, than before, and now you have someone who is bound to be in uncooperative in working on this problem. So uh, I think most health departments have, have recognized this and have taken uh, different approaches to dealing with this problem, approaches that, that focus more on trying to change the behavior than just changing the condition of the property. So now do you have a website or so I can tell or we can post it or, or the name? I have your books and we'll post that. But how do people, do they, can they get in touch with you or is there, or you suggest they just go to the... Uh, the best place would be the International CD Foundation website because there they can find resources in their area, therapists who are trained in how to treat hoarding disorder. Right. And is, did, you, did you say that is there a way that you can almost take a test to see if you're a hoarder or not? Or do you have that in any of your books? Or I guess if you read the books, you would find out. Yeah, in Buried in Treasures, we have sort of an outline with d details of determining how much of a problem is it. And the real key here, bec because the nature of attachments to possessions, uh, you know, possessions for all of us have a magical quality that, for instance, uh, that, that ticket stub that you save from a favorite concert, it's magic in a sense in that there's nothing about the physical characteristics of that ticket stub that are any different than the physical characteristics of, a, of another ticket stub. It's the meaning you apply to that, and that meaning gives it an essence, and that essence is sort of magical. And, and, and this is true for all of us. It's a basis for uh, the, the whole, whole industry of mementos, sports mementos, sports uh, uh, memorabilia. It's, it's all based on this same notion, and what we see in these people is an, an extension or an extreme application of that kind of uh, what we might call essentialism. Well, you know, I want to thank you, Dr. Frost, because you really have enlightened us in the sense that, you know, when you see this, you just can't even believe it. And really, it is something that is hard to deal with and that really needs professional help. So we want to thank you for making us aware. And we're going to post the book so that if you want to get any of uh, Dr. Randy Frost's books that uh, we'll post it on the website. And thank you so much for being. It really was very informative. Well, thank uh, you for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, and boy, was that. Uh, wow. Yeah, I didn't realize. I mean, that I, 
I mean, I see it on TV, but I guess it's really all different degrees. I have ticket stubs. Do you save anything, Donnie? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to save all my okay. playbills um, and ticket stubs. If you're on the line, I have I... a couple of questions. Okay. I have to take a break, so we're going to take a quick break. If you stay on the line, for qu- if you have questions, we'll be right back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. We'll be right back. Hang in, Fran. Looking good, Mr. King of the Hill. Mr. DXL Shopperman. Mr. Sharp Dressing. Confidence oozing. Style swaggering fashion stud. Looking good. All the brands you love, waist size 38 and up. DXL. You're looking good. This Father's Day, give Dad the perfect fitting move with you gift he can live in. When smart businesses need to grow their team, they do it on the site proven to deliver, Indeed.com. According to an independent study, Indeed delivers five times more hires than any other job site, more hires than the rest combined. And right now we're giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job, boosting your listing in relevant search results. Claim your $50 credit at Indeed.com slash credit. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Are you looking for a radio show that gives you straight talk, common sense, and the facts? Are you looking for a media outlet which offers all points of view? If the answer is yes, then listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8.30, right here on AM 970, The Answer. The Cats Roundtable is hosted by John Katsimatidis, a successful businessman who came to this country as an immigrant and built a multi-billion dollar business empire. He's met presidents, world leaders, governors, mayors, congressmen, state legislators, and you'll hear them all on the Cats Roundtable. Republicans, Democrats, independents, conservatives, liberals, and everything else you can imagine. You won't just hear their take on the news. You'll hear them make the news. Whether it's local, national news, or international news, you can read about it in the newspaper on Monday. But hear it first on the Cats Roundtable. Sunday mornings at 8.30, right after Murano in the morning. Only on AM 970, The Answer. What if you could have an experience of a lifetime, and I mean it, a lifetime this year? Dennis Prager here, and a timely and important expedition to the land of Israel awaits you. Make plans now for the Stand with Israel tour happening this fall. Join me on a nine-day trip to Israel that offers you firsthand insight into Israel's unique past and probably unique future. We'll introduce you to the geopolitical, economic, and security dynamics of a truly remarkable nation. Get a behind-the-scenes view into many of the places you've read and heard about all during United Jerusalem's 50th anniversary. The Western Wall, Jerusalem, the Dead Sea, Golan Heights, and much more. With expert guides and important lectures at key sites, all in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. For details about this all-inclusive trip happening this fall, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, I 
found that very interesting and technically interesting. I guess it's, uh, it's very serious. It's a lot more serious than people think. You just kind of look at it and say, oh, my God, it's so disgusting. How do they live like that? But it's really a sickness. And if you know somebody who's got it, you really try to get them some help. Um, Fran, thanks for being patient and waiting. Uh, Fran from Westchester, how can I help you? And yes, thanks for calling uh, in. I am selling a co-op, uh, and I'm getting estimates from realtors that are really very, very different. I've had two, and one is very high, one is average. How do you reconcile um, what you should finally sell, you price your house at. Okay, first of all, when they're giving prices, are they giving you a basis for how they came to that? Yes, they are. So are they showing you, like, closed sales, uh, like sales that happened that sold already? And Yes. Have, are they showing you your competition now, like what's on the market now and how long it's been? Uh, some of them, yes, mainly, mainly what has sold and one person is only listing my development, uh, development where I live. The other one has listed the whole, has, has appraised the whole area. Okay, well, first of all, from whoever you're dealing with or both of the realtors, I would ask them to also furnish you with what is on the market at about the same price range, give or take, in the area, and I would probably expand it a little bit more in the development than just your development. I don't know how big right, your development yes. is, but what, and then how long that's been on the market, okay? Because right, that's true. You, you see, if, if, you, if, you're, if you're seeing a listing and it's similar to your home, you know, give or take, and it's been on the market for 20 days, no big deal. But if you see it's on the market for six months in a market that we're in now, then it's probably not priced right. And what you would right. also want to do, I would, in your spare time, you could drive by those houses that are listed to see your competition. Because remember, there's no exact science to pricing, but what you're really looking at is someone's going to go out and buy a home and they're going to look at a price range. And so depending on how much competition you have or you don't have, so you, you want to see what your competition is. And then I tell people, how quickly do you want to sell it? I mean, right. there are people that put their house on the market, say, well, let me just try it at this number. And they'll, you know, because they figure, you know, gee, if I get. And then there are some people that say, look, I just want to sell it. Let's price it on the money. But there's no exact science. Sometimes when you price your home a little under what's on the market, then sometimes that brings more bidders. But if I were you, look at how quickly you want to sell it. And I'm not saying that you right. want to give it away because I'm not suggesting that at all. And what's sold is already sold. So that gives right. you an idea of how much people got. But what is on the market right now? And if you, you could even ask, you could even ask that you could eyeball them, pass by them, and see how long they're sitting on the market. We're in a market that if it's pretty, if it's priced well, it doesn't usually sit on too long. And then it's a matter of your decision on how quickly you want to sell it because some people put their prices that are ridiculous and if you see something on a year unless it's really very high like you know really 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 what price range are you in around well it's a con a co-op so it goes from like 250 up okay so you're and 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 you're in a are you in a a building or you're in pro, a building you know, yes a building so there are a lot of units in that building Yes, that are for not sale? that many. 
Uh, no, not that many. No, mine is very because mine is bigger than the others. Okay, so I would kind of look at what's for sale in that building. I mean, and then, then, and who your competition is. And if you say that you don't have any, like maybe there's nobody with your size apartment, that's probably good. But I would also look at how quickly the the other ones are selling because even if it's a smaller apartment, if it's a you know if it's a popular condo or they're priced right, they probably should sell. Um, yes, they have. Yes. So then, yeah. That's you know what they've sold for then in your building? Yes, I do. Well, that's a, some reference point. Yeah. But that's they're much smaller and they're going much lower. Smaller by one room or by two rooms? Or? No, they're one by, by two, one bedroom versus three bedrooms. Okay, so, 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 so. So, and how many, you know what, you could also look at how many apartments are in the condo that are three bedrooms to begin with um, and see, is there any, so you don't have any competition? Where it is, no, where I don't. Okay, so you, no. that, well, that's kind of good. Uh, that's that's a good place to be in. Did you put your house on the market yet or you're just ready, kind of no, getting ready? No, I didn't. Ready? I just started. Okay. So I would say to you that... I would look. Did they show you sales? That what three? They showed you three bedrooms that sold already. Yes. And and can you remember about how long ago they sold? I'm just uh, curious. Last year. Well, I kind of think we're in uh, pretty much the same kind of market. I don't think prices went up too much. Uh, I so I I would say that assuming. Uh, and again, I don't know the condition of the other apartments, and I you know how it compares to yours. But I would say that from last year to this year, I think the prices are kind of, you know, pretty much 5% more maybe uh, or around that, if that. Yeah, I think the, I think jobs are improvement and stuff like that. But, I, right. again, and, again, it's the price range too. So I would just – and then you know what? I would try it. And have a have a broker's open house where the brokers come in and let whoever the broker you pick, let them all put down on paper what they think the house should sell for. Right. The thing is, they they did one of them did not use the other developments in the area, and those apartments are going much much higher than my development, and they're comparable. Well, but but uh, but again, okay. If they're not using, is, do you think that there's a reason that they're going higher than your development? Well, your they, they do have some different things. They're as old as mine, uh, comparable size of, of um, rooms, but they, they have a patio, and um, they're near the train station. Okay, so they're close to transportation. And how far are you away from the train station? Oh, six blocks. Oh, so that's not a big deal. I was going to throw you. I thought you were going to tell me like a mile or two, because I was no, going to say no. when you're close to a transportation, that's a big plus. But right. I don't think six blocks is a big deal. Well, you know what? I I would say this. I would say like I don't I don't know the buildings, but I would say that maybe a person that can't afford that building, I would price it a little under what they're mm -hmm. going for. But maybe you know maybe somewhere a little bit under that because. If they're going for higher in that building, then you'd want maybe somebody who can't, who feels that they want to spend a little bit less and they can get more value in your building. So I would kind of look, I would definitely look at what those are selling for, and I might not price it the same way. I might, but I would 
probably price it under that, but maybe not that much under that. All right. Okay, All right. Thank you, and like good your luck. show. Thanks a lot. Thanks, friend. Have a good weekend. Uh, you too. Bye-bye. And, yeah, pricing is not a science, you know. And, uh, you know, people say, well, I say, well, yeah, somebody could come along and it's the perfect thing for them or they have a relative in the building or a mother or something and they'll pay more for it. But generally the market's pretty tight. Um, I don't think prices have risen drastically. Um, I think they're going to just be, like, consistent. Jerry, you're seeing the same thing in the city. This is Westchester. But yeah, I see. I, the higher end is, I think, slowed down a little bit, but I see, I see a lot of momentum still, you know, in the lower end. And you of know what? I, I didn't ask when I should have her common charges. Yeah, yeah. See, and again, when you have a condo, you have to pay charges, and I don't know. I, I, I should have asked you your common charges. Are they very high or are they low? Because that makes a difference. But, you know, a, a good broker who is looking at the comps ought to be able to target within a certain range. I mean, when I see these price well, estimates saying, that are, you know, wildly she's the, off. She's saying that the one broker only gave her comps in the co-op she's in. Yeah, and the other gave her comps of the other co-ops, and the other co-ops are higher than the comps that she's in. You know, in other words, the other right, co-ops are right. going for higher. So I wouldn't yeah. price them as high. But, again, it's not a science you can try it a little lower and see what happens and then drop it. There's a house around the corner from me that they've had up for sale for a year and then they <coughs> dropped the price by 20% after a year because obviously it was priced too high. It didn't sell. But you and really, that's the answer. Yeah, but you really don't want to really, if you can help it, you really want to price it right from the, the close to being right from the start mm -hmm. because what happens when a house is on the market so long, people are like, why didn't it sell? It's been on the market five, five to seven months, nine months. Now, obviously, if it's a $20 million house, it's different. But we're generally in a market where, to tell you the truth, you should price it. And, and the best way thing to do is go see what you could buy for the same money. Yeah. Be a yeah. buyer. Okay? And then you decide. And as I said, That's and, a if great you, idea. And, and if you if you say, look, I don't care, because some people say, well, I don't really care if I sell it or not. Well, then list it at a high price and see what happens. But if you <laughs> what really do you call it, the five-year plan or whatever? Yeah, I told you. The five <laughs> I year love plan. that. So, see you in five years. Yeah, see you in five years. You know what? Before I do um, on another topic, I just thought that um, I would tell you that uh, Steve gave me something today that I thought – was interesting. It said, I don't know, Jerry, or you, you have dogs. Yep. I know we have a break, but that says New York City law makes dog sitting illegal without kennel license. Can you imagine? Okay. I mean, really, um, they're just going to regulate it out of existence. This I, is crazy. I, I, I you think know? we have a, a break, but I just want to go through this. We're going to take a quick break and come back, and then we're going to go through some of the topics that I promised we talk about. Lots to talk. <laughs>
Stories? You want stories? Stories about the legal system and notorious trials? Well, this week on Champions of Justice with Tom Girardi, our guest has a lifetime of fascinating stories. He's Superior Court Judge Michael Stern. Can you imagine his view from the bench? The chaplain paternity suit, Clarence Darrow, and even Abe Lincoln come up for discussion. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. A great president once said, the nine most feared words in the English language. I am from the government and I'm here to help. Adequacy of loss absorbing capacity. You call that help? That's the mandate approved by the G20. The banks can steal your money. Well, they can't steal your gold and silver that you fully control. You can have it delivered into an IRA at a depository under lock and key where you can hide it where no one can find it, not even your wife. What? Sorry, honey. Your CDs, money market accounts, and savings accounts are all at risk. Call GSI Exchange at 800-474-9159. We have 75 years of market experience. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. 800-474-9159. Call now and get a free bank failure survival guide. 800-474-9159. You need a professional website quickly with no drama? Call the great people at BizTourage. They're experts in small business websites and will deliver a great website at a low cost with no headaches. BizTourage.com gives you personal attention, a website that wows your customers and with no headaches. They make it easy. Get your BizTourage website today. Call 888-461-4348 or visit BizTourage.com. That's 888-461-4348 or at B-I-Z-T-O-U-R-A-G-E.com. BizTourage, because every small business deserves an entourage. Call today. If you're a firm believer that education is a top priority in helping shape our children to be the future leaders of tomorrow, then you'll be excited to know that AM970 The Answer has developed a program to help parents send their children to the best Christian schools in the area. The half-off tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area. This is a great way for parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality education. AM970 The Answer is is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. This is just our way to say thank you to the parents and schools that already know the importance of a good education. For more information, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the discount tuition banner. Here are just a few of the schools available. Timothy Christian School, Kearney Christian Academy, Trinity Christian School. Once again, go to am970theanswer.com for the full listing of schools. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. And um, I want to we'll talk a, a little about the uh, questions to ask potential roommates. But before we do that, I want to get Ace. What are our interest rates doing now? Oh, interest rates. Very, very low, Dottie. Um, a couple of weeks ago, it was actually at 4%. But now we're actually at 3.75 for a 30-year fix. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, so where should people call you? Um, They can can call this show or they can email me at ace.w at citizensbank.com. Say that again. Citizens Bank has some great programs um, for all different types of situations. And it's really so cheap now. It's like like really. It's, It's literally free money, Dottie. 
Yeah. So. And 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 so, uh, have you expected to stay that for a while? Yeah, I, I mean, look, the Federal Reserve—they're—they're they're always looking for signs in the economy to raise rates. So, look, it's um. We don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you it's going to stay like this for quite some time. But you never know. You know, the, the minute the economy starts to have positive signs, um, that's when rates are going to go up. So we're okay, at an all-time so low now. If someone hasn't refinanced, what, what would their interest rate be where it would make sense to refinance? Because the interest rates have been low fairly for a, a while now. Yeah, that's So a lot of people have, and some people probably just were too busy. But where would you think, like, if you have if, – if you can get – um, you know, that's a common you, question, Dottie. Yeah. A lot of people will ask me, Ace, well, my current rate is this, you know, what at what rate would it make sense, right? So I always give all of all of our clients a rule of thumb as to if it's at least 1% difference. So if you have a rate of, let's say, 5% today and you can get a rate of 4% or even 3.75, it's worth it. If you're only getting a half a percent um, off, it may not be as 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 worth it because you have to calculate that you're going to pay closing costs again, right? So depending on if you have a co-op or a condo or one family home, closing costs may differ. So you really have to make sure that the math works out. But as long as it's a 1% difference, the difference in the payment, it's enough to recoup the closing costs and save you a lot of money down the line. So Right. So people should call you if there are a question and you can you can tell them whether it makes any sense or not. Definitely. And, and there's so many products that um you know the banks are offering such low down payments today so yeah and that's again if you're looking the rents are high yeah. if you're looking to buy something you know what my first house was so tiny that like when you sat in the kitchen if you leaned back on the chair you're hitting the you, you would be hitting to my refrigerator but i started <laughs> you've got to start somewhere and i sold that house for a profit um and it was really you know, my friends had nicer apartments than me, but I, but it was a house and I owned it and I fixed it up the best I could. And you got to get get in the game. And and so, you know, uh, or you could if you buy the co-op, a condo. But the rates are so yeah. good now, okay. And you can call Ace and he'll let you know whether it's cheaper to. In many cases, it's it's really cheaper to buy. Ace, say your email address again or wait for us. Say it slowly. Definitely. My email address, it's ace, A-C-E dot W at citizensbank.com. Okay. Thank you, Ace. I hope I will have time to get through with this. But I said a lot of us are going, uh, kids are going to school and they're going to, uh, to uh, get roommates and some of the questions, and I'm not sure if I get through all of them, but I, I, I will try to get through some of them, and then I can finish them next week. Uh, but let me take a quick question because I won't have time if I don't take it now. It's almost be 12 o'clock. Carol from Baldwin. Hi, Carol. Hello? Hi. We're here. We're good Good after. Well, okay. Almost 12. What's your <laughs> I, question? I Thank you for calling. Okay. Real quick question. My mom's house, is. Good. we're selling it. It's coming on the market next week. Okay. The problem is the taxes should be around for that kind of house nine and ten thousand, but she was a, she's got the senior star plus my father was a vet. Okay. So her taxes were like six, six. Right. We never grieved them, and now when we go to look, they're thirteen thousand, which is way over market. 
What should we do? Should we tell the like buyers that all you have to do is grieve it and they'll go down like three thousand? Well, you you can you can you 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 can file, but you you have to file at a certain time. Um, there's a period of time for Nassau County that you can file a grievance. I would, I can get you, if, if, next week I'll give you the date. You would have to agree okay. that don't tell a buyer what no, they can go the, down. No, but, but they have to give the buyer the right taxes. That's exactly what I so, mean. So, are other homes in the area, like, give me a roundabout, are other homes in the area have the same taxes? Well, no, they're, they're about 9 to 10, and my and so, mom was paying about 6. But okay. now that we're going to sell it, they're 13. <laughs> well, why would they be? Th- oh, so, you, so, so they're higher than what's around there? Yeah, they're words, almost, uh, much higher because we never grieved and we never had to. They were so low. Right, right, right. right. And the other people did. Well, yeah. I think you can't tell someone there's a guarantee. You could only, you see, you can't say to someone, you can say you can grieve them, um, but you can't guarantee that. But what you can do, um, I can get you a name of someone if you get me this section lot block. If you if you email it to me, I could probably tell you what they should be. But you really can't guarantee that to someone because they're going to have to grieve them themselves. And let me tell you that, let me find that period of time, but you should start to grieve them now. Yeah, but like I said, open house is next week. <laughs> All right, well, listen, you know what? I can go on your your website. No, I don't have it there. I'll get you the information. Just give me an idea of, um, so you're in Baldwin? Yes. And around the price range? We're asking 400 Okay. See, that, and that's a lot. $13,000 in taxes is a lot for a $400,000 house. Oh, yeah, and one bathroom. That's even the real estate agent said. She, he goes, I, I haven't seen anything this high. Don't but my they, mother, you know, she, she was in the house for 60 years, so. Dottie yeah. and Jerry, don't don't taxes change when you sell a house? Don't they change the taxes to no, the amount that you paid no, for? No, they're not going to no. take them down. No? No. no. They won't take it down. They, no. No, they're not going to. They'll take them down if you grieve them. I'm, they're, I'm sure they're too high. But you have to grieve them, and there's only certain times you can do that. I know. Me, I'll get you the date. Um, but you know what? I know enough people. I'm from Nassau originally. Let me see if there's anything. But I don't think there's probably much I can tell you other than because you can't guarantee it. It has to be grieved, even if you think it'll be less. I know. You, they want something in writing. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, okay. Well, how do I? You, uh, you, I well, I'll you, get you, you the information if you if you if you just. Um, Radioshow.com. Is that how you do it? Yeah. Or just. Uh, yeah. Or, or dherman at element.com. You can, or just, or just, you know what? Call me back next week. I'll have the information for you. Yeah, that's good. We'll get the okay. information for you, okay. Carol. Call back. I call will. Back right. Yeah, this is good a luck. big problem. And I know your open house is this week, but you're just gonna have to deal with it. Uh, I know. I'll find out the. I'll find out and see exactly what you should do. But I know you. Okay. A certain time. All right, Carol. Thanks. All right. Carol, Thank you very weekend. much. You're welcome. Um, that's the problem because what happens is then the person who can afford that price can't afford those taxes. Those taxes. And um, so, and remember, when you're buying a home, if someone has a VA exemption or uh, you know there's a, a, an exemption for seniors, that's their exemption, and you've got to make sure when the broker gives you the taxes that you get the real taxes, 
not the taxes that with exemptions. So I would have been wrong about this all along. The taxes don't depend upon the sale price. The not taxes, in New York, no. Not, not in New York? Not in New York, no. I see. New York is required to... Yeah, New York is required to reassess all property every year. So now whether they, you know, how scientific that is is a different issue entirely. Um, you know, in the suburbs, if you don't do what's called a tax certiorari proceeding, which is the grievance proceeding, you're kind of just leaving money on the table. Now, having said that, Dottie, what is it about the shoemakers? Kids don't have shoes. I haven't done my own. Right. <laughs> you know, okay, I mean, I tell everybody else that I haven't bothered. I haven't do done it. mine. Yeah. But, but you should also, I mean, it doesn't sound like this is going to be the case here, but you should also make sure that you know that when they come in to reassess your home, if you put a lot of improvements in that you haven't told them about, mm -hmm. that <laughs> you might not get it. But, you, but it's not based on, on, on... It's not based upon a new refrigerator, is it, or how many It's bathrooms? really based on, on anything you've done. <coughs> it's, it's, it's very complicated. I'm not sure it's even exactly uh, equitable. Some areas that go for a very little money... Are less taxes than people it's, that have it's more. It's a expenses. perplexing system, to say the yeah. least. You know, um, but, but, it depends but, but, on how much money the municipality needs. Short, in this case, they have exemptions, so that's why they're so cheap. At, and and they will, if they're doing an open house, they have to say the real taxes are thirteen thousand dollars, and that is going to hurt their sale. Okay, mm. because at four hundred thousand, that's a lot of money. Somebody can grieve them, and. They'll look at what other things are going for and the taxes of other things in the area, but you can't guarantee that. So no, that's the Well, that's we only have uh, two more minutes, but or one more minute, but next week we'll uh, definitely have somebody on uh, to help out with that question. We'll get a tax grievance person for uh, well, Nassau I, County. I could, yeah, I, can, I yeah. can do that. Okay, by the way, so the questions to ask roommates, I'm going to have to do next week. We had a lot of questions this week, and so I didn't get through some of the topics, but I will get them next week. I'll try to get your questions because I know they're really important, so sometimes the subjects have to go a little bit longer. Should I have should a the roommate if they're weekend. a hoarder? Right? Yes. You have a <laughs> wonderful weekend. Or if they need everything enjoy COVID. Enjoy the nice weather and stay cool. Mm. Have a nice weekend. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.